Welcome to the Clovercrest Baptist Church podcast. For more information about Clovercrest Baptist Church, go to clovercrest.com.au. It's fascinating, I think. It's fascinating what we see at first glance, isn't it? It is an interesting thing to think about. There's a number of things in our world and our life across time. When we just take a first glance at it, maybe it's different if we actually dug in a little bit deeper. And even just with that photo there, particularly the young lady and the old lady, first glance, you see one thing. But actually, when maybe you look at something a little bit deeper, there's more to see. And maybe even in this last season of life, you know, we've maybe put the blinkers up a little bit or we've just tried to get through or there's been enough, you know, sort of change or difficulty or there's been enough going on in our, in our lives that we've just gone, you know what, I just want to see the world in one dimension. Just help me move through it, you know, with the least amount of friction as possible. But, you know, there's these things called 3D glasses. You've probably worn them. And... Um, if you go to the movies, you wear the 3D glasses. It, does, it doesn't ever, hasn't ever really worked for me. I put the glasses on. It's not really, I'm not really sure how it works. But there's this concept of, are we living in one dimension? Are we living maybe just seeing the world at first glance? Or is there more? Is there a wider perspective? Is there more layers of life for us to uncover? If we were to ask the right questions, if we were to be willing to learn and to grow in that sort of way, you know, what would it be like to see the world, you know, from a, a wider or a deeper or a larger perspective? And I want to just in, think about this concept in just a few of the moments that we have together tonight around the first Christmas story. You know, we could easily take a first glance at the, first, at, the, at the Christmas story and the coming of Jesus and maybe not understand the depth or the layers that are to this story. You know, there is so much that we can actually learn about Jesus, so much that we can learn about life, and there's so much that we can learn about ourselves at the coming of Jesus. So we're going to explore some of these layers tonight, and we're going to sit in the start of Luke, so Luke 2. So if you've got your Bibles or phones, then I encourage you to go there. It'll be up on the screen as well. But we're going to have a little bit of a look at the first story of Christmas and the coming of Jesus by looking in here at Luke 2. So Luke 2 verses 4 to 7 says this. It says, So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, to the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. And when they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. You know, if you just took a first glance at this story, you just took one sort of hit at it and you didn't look at the layers of this story, you might just think, you know, it looks like Mary and Joseph were poor. It just looked like they were unwelcome visitors to Joseph's hometown. They traveled there for a national census and they needed to go to where Joseph's hometown was and they just settled for a dirty stable where Jesus was born. If you just take a first glance at it, it could actually be quite a sorry and a sad way to see how Jesus entered the world. I wonder how you'd feel if you were Mary and Joseph. Uh, they were not welcomed into Joseph's hometown. And if you know anything about the first century, that's pretty scandalous. 
Because in the first century, family was really everything. There was a group mentality in how they lived life. We're very individualized now. And, you know, we've got our own like, little house. We've got our own little carport. You've got your own little car that you drive. We're, we just are so self-sufficient and individual in how we live our lives. But in the first century, it was all about the group. It was all about the family and the extended family. And you would do anything to honor that. And you do whatever you could to avoid the shame of that. So what exactly is happening in this situation is Mary and Joseph are rolling into Joseph's hometown and they're not welcomed. That's a big deal. Because basically the extended family have said, you know what, what you are doing and what you are uh, are about to um, do with Mary being um, pregnant and you guys not being married, that's bringing shame onto our family. So you're not welcome. That's that's what they experienced. (laughs) That's pretty tough, isn't it? It's pretty harsh uh, what what they experienced. You know, not welcomed due to this shame and giving birth in a very unsanitary environment. And it's fair to say it would have been a troubling time for Mary and Joseph, for them to make sense of the situation that they found themselves in. And maybe you found yourself in a troubling situation and it's hard to make sense of that. Well, isn't it interesting that Jesus and Mary and Joseph, Jesus' mum and dad, could relate to you in the midst of that. But there's deeper layers going on in this story. Just as Mary and Joseph were battling through their circumstance and the, and the birth of their firstborn, Jesus, um, God was actually speaking to another group of people about Jesus. He's speaking to a, a totally a different group of people about the, the coming of Jesus. And we learn a little bit about that with what Michelle was doing earlier. It says this in Luke 2, goes on to say, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Saviour has been born to you, and He is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You'll find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And then suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth and peace to those on whom His favour rests. You know, at first glance, it looks like a poor family in a stable, having a child. But as you and as we look deeper into it, We see that Jesus' birth is intentional. It's not accidental. Jesus' birth is intentional. It's not accidental. And we see that God has a plan the whole way along. And he says to the shepherds uh, through the angels, he says, don't be afraid. I bring good news. This is a good thing that I'm doing here. And it's going to cause great joy for all people. The joy that we saw on the clip just before I started speaking and the joy that if you are a follower of Jesus, you know that you have now. And joy is really, is understanding that God is in control of all things, even when you know that you're not. It's much deeper than the sense or pursuit of happiness. And joy is a thing that we carry as followers of Jesus. And the shepherds are having this experience with the angels in this way. And then he says, today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You'll find him wrapped in cloths, lying in a manger. I reckon the shepherds probably got that. 
They were like, oh, you kind of speak in a language I understand now. And then this surround sound worship session, probably much like our carols last week, I think, it breaks out. And the angel is praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth and peace to those in whom his favor rests. Wow. Can you imagine? Even try to get our little brains and our own little imaginations around what that moment must have been like. I just, I can't get there. It's just too majestic. It's too beautiful. It's too wondrous. I can't get myself into that moment. But imagine just for a moment if you could. And you are one of those shepherds experiencing that moment of God speaking to his people, sharing about the good news of the coming of Jesus. The Savior, the Messiah, the Lord has been born. He's wrapped in cloths and he's lying in a manger. You know, this word Messiah, it means the anointed one. And Jesus was indeed the anointed one. And to be the anointed one means that God had set him apart. God, the Father, had set Jesus apart to be the anointed one, to be the Savior for all humankind. And Jesus spoke about his purpose in Luke 4. Uh, and he was, he was speaking back from the prophet Isaiah in Isaiah 61. And he spoke about the fact that he was here to heal and restore. He was here to to reach out to broken people and to see them come and know God. And what I find pretty cool is it was the shepherds who were at the birth announcement. How good's that? It was the shepherds at the birth announcement. So it's little baby Jesus, who is actually King Jesus, the Messiah, the majesty in a manger. Little baby Jesus is actually King Jesus, the Messiah, the majesty in a manger. Do you know that in your life? Do you know that to be true? Is that a truth that you are living and experiencing in your life? It's important to note at first glance, the Christmas story might be more about a boy being born in a dirty stable, but it's much, much deeper than that. It's an intentional moment in history, not accidental, but God always had a plan. And part of God's plan was to involve the shepherds. That was part of his plan. And, and he used language in which they understood. And he told them to go and have a look and find this baby in a manger. And, and I wonder if um, you've heard from God in a way that's made sense to you. Because I think this is a mystery of faith, that, that God of the heavens and the earth, the one who has created all things, speaks to us in ways in which we understand and speaks to us about situations in our life that maybe no one else knows about in a way that we hear him. Isn't that just a beautiful thing? And there's a mystery of our faith that God could be so creative and grand and vast and yet so personal and intimate and speak into our worlds in ways in which we understand. Luke 2, 15 to 20 goes on to say this. It says, When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, 
which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told about them, about this child. And all who heard were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. Verse 19. But Mary treasured up these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Again, try and picture this moment. Luke kind of writes of it, you know, kind of happening just, you know, quite sequentially. But the shepherds, they take off. They, they go and they find Mary and Joseph. They find Jesus. It's all been in the ways in which has been explained to them by the angels. And then... They have this moment with Mary and Joseph, this connection. And they go, you know what? You wouldn't believe this, but we were told about this. Angels spoke to us and Mary, Mary and Joseph must have been like, oh, they spoke to us as well. Wow. And, and they must have had this shared experience. And for Mary and Joseph, they must have thought, oh, someone else understands. They've just experienced shame by not being welcomed into into Joseph's hometown. And then what do they experience? They experience welcome. They experience embrace. They experience God's love for them in a way where they must have just gone, thank you, God, someone else gets it. And these shepherds, they found them. And they told a few other people as well, didn't they? They were excited. But for Mary and Joseph, what a moment for them to be heard, to be listened to, to be understood. And for the shepherds, bringing a word of encouragement from God, a word of confirmation from God. Through the shepherds, to Mary and Joseph, they were used by God in that powerful way. So at first glance, there might not be a lot to think about this story. But if you stop and you give it some attention, there's deeper layers. There's more dimensions for us to consider. I love verse 19 where it says, Mary treasured up these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds were just like, let's go. Tell everyone it's awesome. But what's Mary do? Mary treasures them up in her heart. She ponders them. She must have had a lot of moments of confusion, lost some friends along the way. And God confirms his plans through the, the coming of the shepherds. And it's a beautiful thing, a beautiful moment. Mary received this experience as one given by God and she treasured it in her heart. And Mary must have known in this moment there was, even if she just had a little bit of doubt. She must have known there's more to this birth. I can believe the things that were told to me. That there's a plan for Jesus' life. And more than that, with her obedience, there's a plan for her life through Jesus. There's a plan for her life through Jesus. He had a purpose and a plan for Mary. And she had the opportunity to participate in this moving forward. And you know, this is true for all of us today as well. Through Jesus, God 
has a purpose and a plan for all of us. Through Jesus, through the coming of Jesus, through his death and his resurrection, Jesus has a purpose and a plan for all of us. At the school that our kids go to in grade nine, they do this thing called the right journey. A lot of schools are doing it now. And if you don't know about this, in in grade nine, the students go into uh, single sex classes and they uh, they, they call it the right journey because it's like they're going through a rite of passage. They're going in, into being a child, into a, a young adult, and, uh, and they have different challenges, and, and they have to, um, you know, do an overnight, you know, kind of expedition, and they face these fears, and, you know, do a whole bunch of different things where they essentially just, uh, you know, achieve a, a, a heap of competencies. And, uh, and we've seen our eldest daughter go through this in this last 12 months, and it's quite an incredible program. It's really great, actually. And it's been really interesting to see her face some of these challenges and things that are going on in her, uh, you know, in, through this program. And we were invited to a speech night uh, a few weeks ago where each of the girls in her class were, spoke about some of the things that they'd grown in and some of the areas in which uh, they developed. Uh, and the thing that kind of kept recurring was they thanked each other. They thanked the class and then they thanked the teacher. And it was this sense of there being a community around them that spurred them on to actually grow and step into more and more for their lives. And one of the students said this. They said, I want to be someone who's kind, loving and compassionate, and ultimately be someone who's more like Jesus. And I was just like, wow. I was like, that's incredible that you could stand up in front of your peers and in a supportive and loving community and environment, you could share about how you want to be more loving and compassionate and kind. You want to follow Jesus more in your life. And it made me think about the importance of having people that you do life with. It made me think about the importance of having people that uh, actually invest and share into your world. And as I was preparing for tonight, I, I thought about Mary and Joseph. And I thought about the fact that the shepherds came into their life at just the right time to confirm to them some of the things that maybe they've been wrestling with or some of the the isolation or the confusion that they'd been going through. And I heard that with these girls that were sharing in the right journey as well. They, they talked about the support and the encouragement of having people that would walk along with them. And that's such an important part of how we share our faith and how we walk our faith out with others. You know, God has a plan for all of our lives. And, and sometimes he intentionally uses those around us Often, a lot of the time, he does that to move us forward into all that God has for our lives. You know, it's fair to say this first Christmas had layers and it had complexity. There was big emotions for Mary and Joseph and everything that they felt would have been very real. But you know, I guess what I want to leave you with tonight is if you took a first glance, just one look at the Christmas story and just left it there, I think that would be a mistake. That would be a miss. There are deeper layers. There's so much more. The depth, the life to be explored with the coming of Jesus. An intentional event, part of God's master plan for humanity. And in this event, we find purpose and a plan. So much more, so much more depth. And even if you've been following Jesus for some time, this Christmas is a great time to take a little order and say, what's the depth? What's the layer? Maybe where have I drifted 
from some of the truths of what God, who He is and what He's done in my life and how it's real. You know, Christmas is so much more than just eating too much food or unwrapping too much, you know, too many presents, if there could be such a thing. Or maybe tomorrow already some awkward exchanges with extended family members. It's more than all of that, isn't it? It's about life, hope and a future. Following King Jesus. That's true for the first Christmas and it holds true for us today. So I guess my question for us to reflect on tonight is this. Question, which is, will you engage with the Messiah, the King Jesus, the majesty in a manger? Will you just bow your heads and let's just...